stepping of this man, Luke Johan. Bounce off from McNulty, and away he goes! Harry McNulty! Knight gets away, Knight, up to the 22, he will be caught! Episode 5 of the Alec Adoos. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, all three listeners, welcome back. How are we doing, gentlemen? Nice to What that? All good. Who's our everyone's mum listening, is it? <laughs> Tom Mitchell, Richard DeCarpentier, Sarevi. <laughs> all the big names. All the big names. What's going on, Harry? You're in LA now, aren't you? I am. I'm currently in a place called Oxnard. It's an hour north of LA. We're here for the first two legs of the season because week three we have a bye. So the Dallas Cowboys have a training facility here, which is like a low-key setup, but this is where we're training and staying. And it's like a hotel residence, so we're kind of in some sort of mini-apartment-styled flat. And... Yeah, hopefully moving into LA after this weekend fully. So I've got a I've got a call with the realtor tomorrow or the next day about uh, finalizing an, a two bed apartment in Venice with Glenn Bryce. So yeah, a good solid sevens man himself and a bit of crack. So all going well. Yeah, all going very well. Is he going to be bringing the Cougars down from the LA Hills? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> there's a I heard there's a cougar trap, yeah, in the back of the apartment somewhere. Um. <laughs> Just butter yourself up, get up on them trails, I reckon. The weekly activity. <laughs> Cover yourself in honey. Yeah. Crack them and, down. Uh, you're finally out of the Bermuda Triangle because I was generally starting to think that you'd made it all up, that you were actually going to LA. Uh, yeah, that you, you just followed your brother. Your brother had got a contract, you hadn't, mm. and you just followed him out there and tried to chance your arm. How long were you in the Bermuda Triangle for? I was in the Bermuda Triangle exactly seven weeks. Exactly. Left on a Thursday and or arrived in on a Thursday and left on a Thursday. Yeah, seven weeks. But do you know what? It wasn't, it, did, it didn't feel that long. And I think um, a lot of things happened that if I didn't stay that long would would not have happened. So, like, I met some pretty interesting people that were coming through the hotel. I mean, some days of the of the trip, I was the only person at breakfast or at dinner. Uh, those were those were fun because it was just like me and the staff, and we'd have a bit of crack. But then every now and again, you'd have a couple other people come through, and mainly it was private jet orientated people um so usually the pilots so i made friends with two, two private again. jet pilots sorry cougars again just can't cougars yeah, yeah exactly yeah the the only wild animals on, on the island of bermuda are cougars um so yeah i made friends with these these gentlemen from from canada and they just bounce around flying find people all, all over mainly the the states canada and then um, like the Caribbean kind of area and then Bermuda. So they came through. Then two other pilots that they used to work with come came through. Um, there was a, a YouTuber who actually came through as well and got to show him around for a bit. And 
Go on, get a we plug. Like the blue get, hole. A plug get a plug in there, son. No, that's your job. Go on, that's get a your plug job. in there. I'm staying get away. A few, sparks, a few sparks coming out. Go on, get it out. <laughs> I still haven't. <laughs> you want to say, me and Knight, you ready to pick it up to you now? No, I haven't finished my, you know, my spork, my my sporky, my sparky trade. I'm not, I'm not qualified yet, so I'm not allowed. No plugging allowed. This is a, this is a quick backhander, then you know, off the box. Go on. <laughs> Fifty quid out the back. Like. He's a YouTuber. How many subscribers are we talking? Is he is he bigger than this is seven Borada? This is seven. He's got six million subscribers. Jeez. But yeah, very, very kind, humble dude. His name's Thomas. We'll call the phone. Thomas? Um, and then like his channel is, is, is Yes Theory. So quite interesting. I learned a lot from him. Uh, he does a, lot of, does a lot of travel like ourselves. And the basis of all of the videos that uh, he creates are story orientated so whenever he travels he's always traveling based on a specific story that he kind of has in mind so whether it's abandoned mansions in the hills of turkey or the he just posted one about um mauritania which is in west africa just so south of morocco in the sahara and it's like this wild place and it has this massive iron ore train that goes through the desert and you can kind of hop on the back of this thing and you can you like sleep in these big tankard things. Um, so like getting on, on the train like that and going around and all sorts of different things. So it's very interesting to see how he thinks and the way that he creates and his thought processing behind everything. So it was a really cool insight and um, hopefully be able to bump into him a bit more in, in LA. He's, he's based out in Venice as well. So yeah. That should be pretty nice. Doing a bit, cool. doing a bit of videoing with him, hey? <laughs> are you doing a bit of videoing, are you? A bit of videoing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I actually shot a video with him. We, uh, You would know quite well, Luke, the, the blue hole. So across the road from the hotel we were staying is, an, is a, I don't know if they're considered national parks, but they're, they're parks anyway. And that was definitely one of my favorite spots. And, I was fortunate enough during my time when I was there to meet a local guy who knew the, the area quite well. So he ended up showing me probably two or three really cool caves that were hidden out in the back and you had to, you had to go through a bit of a trek to go find them. So then when uh, Thomas was there, I basically just recreated that whole trek that we went on and we saw some cool stuff and had some swim in some caves and created some video and some content around that. So, That'll be that'll be uploaded in, in the coming weeks. Love it. And uh, you had your first game on the weekend, didn't you? The old Giltinis mm -hmm. with your absolutely fully loaded team. What was the score now? Oh, it was uh, 41-27, I think. Um, it was an interesting game. Like, so it's it's for anyone who doesn't know, the home stadium for the Giltinis is the LA Coliseum which is this mental stadium. It was the home of the Olympics. USC football team played there. The Rams played there while they were doing their new stadium. There's been all sorts of sporting events through there. So it's steeped in history, but 
I think they can get up to 90,000 people into that stadium. And it's just one level as well. You know, one of these stadiums that just kind of just keeps going out and out and out. It's not tiered in any way. So it does give this really amazing effect. And the the pitch was insane. It honestly, looking at it, looked like AstroTurf. It didn't look real, but it's just this perfect, perfect pitch, pitch like grass pitch. Um, so yeah, the boys played. I wasn't involved. I've only been involved with the team like what, like ten days, nearly two weeks. So just not enough time to kind of put my hand up and feel confident enough to get stuck in. Got a got a few things to learn. So I was taking over as social media guy for the for the game, which was a lot of fun. That was really nice to be asked to that, but. Um, I think I did maybe too good of a job, so I might be. <laughs> you got that. You got that every week now. <laughs> I might be changing departments fairly soon. I might be being pushed into the media section and having my contract terminated. But no, it was really cool, and I, I, I think we've mentioned it before, but the likes of Bristol, um, and the Babas, they really give like a good inside access into players into their training just their personalities and it allows the fans to become fully engaged in what they're doing and i think that's why they're the best social media teams um for a rugby standpoint in the northern hemisphere anyway um obviously the babas is worldwide it's a little different but i think it just helps the brand so much and people get a really great understanding of what the team are like and the people that are involved. So that's what I was trying to do. Now, obviously I wasn't interviewing people like as they were trying to warm up, but I was trying my best to, to give an insight into how I felt while I was there being the social media guy for the day and then try and convey that across to the fans at home and hopefully that they enjoyed it. And hopefully I've kind of set a standard for uh, the lady who's coming down, she's in Canada. Um, she's just working on her visa. So hopefully she can take and take that and run with it. I don't know what the plan is going forward. There's probably a possibility that I could be doing it again this weekend, just because, you know, it's only week two of, of uh, my, my time with the team and stuff. And then we're into a bye week. We don't have a game in week three. So that gives me another week to, to really push for, push for a spot on the team so you never know it could be could be week two of uh, social media we'll see how we go i ran black Keith's social media for a bit and then they kicked me off it why not i did the tweet i did the are you too on game were you too artistic <laughs> i did the tweets on game day it's really hard actually trying to tweet and mm. watch the game at the same time but mm. i think i said loughborough students were camped in the black e22 like a group of migrants in calais and that did not go down very well um i got a got a few complaints for that one so yeah it was uh i was <laughs> off i was off the social media after a brief two week spell of live tweeting the games you know there's a line i crossed it I was very artistic of you, Nighty. Um, You've got um, Seattle Seawolves next week. Old Matt yep. Turner plays for them, doesn't he? He does. Matt Turner was out in Bermuda with me as well for two weeks. He came out to redo his visa. They lost to Houston on the weekend. Houston Sabercats. <laughs> the Sabercats. Right. Some good names going about. What do you think of the standard of the game you watched that first one? 
Mm. Obviously, I imagine boys haven't played for a while, but what was your general feeling? Yeah, it was an interesting one. The there's a there's a mix. It's a stop startish style, just due to errors. Now that could be first game style errors, or it just could be maybe um, the the level of just skill is maybe a little bit lower because um, it's growing obviously as a sport. So some guys would have higher levels than others. Um, but then because there's more 50-50s that are happening in a game, the refs are inclined to blow the whistle a whole lot more. And there's not, there's, you're not giving yourself that opportunity to just have a 50-50 happen and get like a, a, a advantage called. It's more like 50-50, another 50-50, and yeah, then they have to blow it up. So there's like a lot of scrums, a lot of lineouts, a lot of, uh, changeover but it did look like when when it was going it was a quick it was a quick game and there was a lot of physicality especially in the midfield I mean there were some boys lumping into each other to be honest like you know covering your eyes having a look being like <laughs> I didn't like the look or sound of what just happened there and knowing that I'm gonna have to throw myself into it as well but that's all part of it um, so I think I think it's a it's a good standard for sure. Um, but like anything, there's always room for improvement. Did they have any ringers, uh, the opposition, when you played them? What do you mean by a ringer? Like you've got <laughs> bloody Gitto, Adam Ashley Cooper. You've got half okay. Australia, you've got half Australia DTH. Do they have yes. any like big big name ringers? Uh, they had Dougie Five. Oh, Doogie. Brilliant, obviously. Yeah, he was in the wing. He scored that winning try for um, the Scotland Sevens against England in Twickenham. Yeah, like brilliant player. And also, he's capped for the 15s as well, I believe. Um, but yeah, look, it's a, the league is good uh, in terms of that, that mix of local talent with, you know, someone who's played in multiple World Cups and has been very successful over their career. So in terms of in terms of the growing the game, I think it's a fantastic way to do it. You obviously have only a set number of internationals or non-locals who can play at any one time on, on, on match day. So it allows you to uh, allows you to grow the, the local base and they can learn from the best in the world. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting. Who like there's um, San Diego would would be full of ringers just down the road, you know. Yeah, they got uh, Cecil's there. Big old Cecil. Yasa um, Veramalu is there. Who's Chris Robshaw? Robshaw is there. Yeah. So yeah. look again, another great set of names that are involved. Uh, New York have been Foden. Yeah, I saw a video on Twitter. They posted like a little, like they mic'd him up in training and he got melted. Like someone took a quick throw in, in like a training session and he's, he's not even looking. He catches it and just gets flattened. Boom. He's not there for that, is he? Some keen, keynotes running through him. No, not at all. Um, DC used to have, but he's not involved with them anymore. Remember the Beast from South Africa? Tenor? Oh, yeah. He played a season in DC. You know, so Bastero still floating around. Has he gone back? Because Bastero's back. 
He was playing eight. He was imagine him coming off the base at you. Right. He was honestly rolling around through New York. Like he, he he came he came and he was just a circle, which was unfortunate because that's not a good look for anyone, right? No, he pulls it off though. And did you have a few few beers after the game? Any any night out or was... uh, there wasn't any? Like, obviously, we're still COVID is still a yeah, thing. Yeah, what's Regulation, the crack over there? So. so on the first of April, I think the Cal- Californian government are loosening restrictions slightly. I think there's only about a thousand cases a day in California, in California, or sorry, in like the LA region, which is actually not that bad with their population size. I mean, Dublin, or no, not Dublin, Ireland as a whole had like 700 yesterday. So in the grand scheme of things, I think that's actually not that bad. So I think on the 1st of April, uh, we're going to be allowed to possibly have some, some supporters at our games, uh, which would be cool. And then in terms of like a night out and stuff, no, we, we had a few beers in the sheds. We aren't allowed to do any sort of uh, dinner or meetups with the other teams. So like the, the free Jacks just got in their bus and, and headed away and we just had dinner upstairs. So there was no sort of post-match function or anything like that, which was a real kind of shame, especially for the first game of the season, right? It would have been really nice to have been able to do something and just chat to a few boys. So I don't know. It's, I don't know if that even that part is an MLR thing or if it's a a regulation between cities or what. It's it, it's so convoluted, right? Like every state has different regulations and rulings. So it's yeah, it's difficult because if it was a national thing, then everybody's under the same rules. But like a team coming from one state is under one set of rules and a team coming from another state is on another set of rules. And then you've got the MLR rules on top of that as well, or mixed in, however you want to, however you want to say it. So yeah, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't meet up with the other team. And then we got the bus back. So we live about an hour and a half away at the moment from the stadium. And then it's really nice. There's a few of the guys on the teams who have uh, young families. So they're, Partners and wives and kids have made their, their way over to California. Not all of them, but some of them. So they're here at the complex with us. So after when we got back, there was a bit of food put on for us. And we got to meet some of the some of the kids and the wives and the, and the partners and hang out for the, for the evening. So that was really nice. Uh, just kind of chatted and sat down and had a really cool, nice evening. So... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go from that whole side moving forward. It seems like LA, there's a lot of vaccinations and stuff going on. I don't know from an MLR standpoint, are we going to be getting them? How that even works because we're not American citizens? All those kinds of things. A lot of questions up in the air about it all. So we've got like two, two, three COVID tests a week, depending on... You know, if we play another team or, you know, if we're, if we're doing something here or there. So, um, all safe, all safe and sound, that's for sure. And uh, they're making it work. Rugby's happening. It's here. So, that's great. What's going to happen with initiations? Because you're a brand new team. So mm. Does everyone have to do an initiation? <laughs> and who, who makes it up? Because, like, you're all, you're, all, you're all freshers. Yeah, we're all freshers. So, I think, I think there's just going to be fines that are going to be delegated over the next couple of weeks obviously so we'll probably have a fine session 
Anyone's social sec yet? Uh, Billy Meeks is on the fines stuff. So, I again, I came in late to all this, so I've probably missed. I'm probably missing out on everything. I'm I'm a freshy fresher. I'm I'm fresher than the rest, so I'm probably going to be stung pretty hard somewhere. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it, it's so hard to tell with everything that's going on. You can't. You can barely plan anything. Like. We technically have to, if we want to leave the premises to go to the food shop, like have to send in a text message to let like the staff know that we're heading out because we're here particularly for a COVID-style bubble to ensure that there's no hiccups anywhere along the along the line. So it's I don't know what we're going to do for social. Maybe we'll get Nalakadu's uh, input and we can I can put it to the team. I can put it forward to them and, and see what we can do. Naked right. lizard fighting. <laughs> Have you done that? The Goanna wrestle. It's where you get naked and you get a belt and then you're on all fours and you, you wrap a belt around each other's heads. And then you, Do you know what? I think that might have happened somewhere along the line. Who um, who normally wins out of you and Becky then, Nighty? <laughs> it dominates me every time, mate. <laughs> oh, God. I think that's, yeah, that should be top of the list. That's like an ultimate find. And then we'll find out who's the strongest and then they can just, you know be there with the belt like, and, and you can you can attack them for dominance who um who would win a lizard fight that of you and your brother me yeah it's a bit more technique i think you know you can get someone like with technique just i've had a few lizard fights in my day so just lick them the last thing they'd be expecting like who <laughs> would win out of you and die doc uh he weighs quite a bit more than me at the moment so he might actually rag me round <laughs> How much is he weighing in at? Right, he reckons he was over like 90-odd K the other day. He's like 5'6". Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually at least two inches taller than me, I'd say. 5'6", so, um, then. So he's 5'6". <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, probably, maybe him. Fair enough. May- maybe him. How's that? How good's Gitto? Still. Still. Great. You can just tell that He's been around the block many times, you know. He's he's slim, but he's ripped. Like he doesn't look like he's carrying that much weight at all. But obviously, you don't need to be when you've been around for so long and you're just getting that bit older and maintaining your body. But like his communications and everything's brilliant. How how old is he? How old is he? Man, I think he's close to forty. Shut up. He's thirty-eight. Jesus. But he's he, he is brilliant. His his communication, his ability just to read the game. He's so calm and just he even understands like a lot of other parts of the game that aren't from a tense perspective, right? You know, so he'll see something happen in the forwards, or he'll see something happening, you know, further down the back line, and he can see what's going wrong with with both both of those. You know, so he he really just understands everything that's going on, and uh, you've got Adam Ashley Cooper as well, who is a really nice guy. They 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 hang off each other like chalk and cheese. They're kind of different personalities, but they they're quite funny. And how good is he like on the train? If like in terms of passing knowledge on, does he sort of bring everyone together? Does he elevate everyone to a different level? What's he like? Yeah, again, I've only been around for you know a handful of sessions, but anytime that he has you know, had to say something, it was always, it was always like the right thing to say at that specific time. 
you know, which is a skill in itself because there's been times, obviously, you'd know, like being in just a, in a, in a huddle and then some guy just starts blurting out loads of things. <laughs> it's like, where's he come out with this? Composure! Composure! <laughs> They don't like it up, boys. They don't like it up. We love it up, us sweet old boys. Yeah, right. So it's just been, it's been just the right thing to say at that, at that specific time. But yeah, I mean, just like it's mental how much, how much experience is involved in the team and what people have gotten up to. So like even Adam Ashley Cooper being um, around the block a good bit too. Like he came up with the help of a couple other guys. The new like song that we have to sing after games, right? Because there's no song. So like we were singing that for the first time ever after our games and everything, and we all had sheets of paper like <laughs> out in front of us, and we put the put the music on in the background. And um, well, you, a completely original song, or is it a song like an already known song you sing in? It's Wonderwall. No, it's not Wonderwall. <laughs> it's um. <laughs> One Wonder LA. I can't even remember the name of the actual song. Love, take me down. Wings. It's Wings. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the Wings? <laughs> Do you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't even know what the California. Yeah. So that's the that's the tune. Give us a song. I'll give you the first. I'll give you the first bit, will you? We've been having fun, grafting in the sun, chasing that number one. California, here we come, where Guiltini started from. So like that kind of stuff, uh, which is quite good. Class. And then it's like, instead of California, it's like, Guiltini's, <laughs> here we come. And then, yeah, you've got like a couple other lines and stuff. Anything else you ask, Big Azza? Or you're, you're a good boss man? How's uh, Hinge been going out there? Honestly? Quietly, so that the rest of the podcast isn't there. It's a different world, man. Completely different world. Cast any bait out there? Large net. Yeah? yeah well, just, just tra- trawling. Trawling, bottom feeding. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually, you know, work from the bottom up. Every now and again, there'll be this old fallen angel who will make their way down to the bottom nest. And uh, you got to tra- res- be there to rescue her, eh? Train, train to get up to the top. Lovely. Yeah, yeah, working my way up. I mean, COVID, COVID friendly, COVID safe. No, you know, no meetups. But um, yeah, lizard, I mean, lizard wrestling's two meters totally. apart. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, you just have to wear the face. Just have to wear the face shields. <laughs> long enough belts, and you can make it two meters. Face <laughs> shield, just in case. I have two belts together. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, the it's a. It's a metropolis. There's a large array of demographics. So, you know, kind of pick and choose, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, no, it's hit. good. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, we'll see. In, in due course. What's been going on with you, Doc, then? How, you're in GP camp. How are you, boss? Yeah, geez, this is the third one, day one. Um... And it's the first one where both men's and women's programs have been together. So uh, it's pretty hectic in the uh, hotel at the moment. Um, speaking of uh, blind date type things, we are both in our kind of exam halls where we have dinner. Um, 
And then they wanted to do a joint meeting, but they didn't really tell anyone. And just very slowly, they started just opening the middle portion of this massive meeting room back, uh, which felt very much like blind dates. And then, uh, yeah, the joint men's and women's first uh, first meeting. Sweet, mate. And uh, I think the big news is that you know GB will, you're obviously forming for the Olympics. You're in camp now. We're going to talk about that in a sec, but you're now being formed to go on to the series. Uh, do you know much more about that or is that news for you? What more can you tell us about the, uh, the amalgamation that's going to happen? Uh, to be fair, I'd love to be able to tell you more, but um, all we know is that there will be a GB team there. Um, we don't know whether the contracts will just roll over after the Olympics or what the state of play will be after that um so yeah we're everyone who's involved in the program uh the, the kind of immediate aim is the olympics and then i think within the next kind of two or three months they're going to have a more of a think and i a look into what will happen in terms of gb continuing on the series um but it's quite interesting news um i think all all the home nations teams really or players enjoy playing for for their countries and I think it's important to have three separate countries because there's more opportunities for players um obviously England have been the best uh, home nations team for quite a while um so then you can also look at it from if the SIU and the WIU aren't backing it to the same level to be able to be competitive on the world series is it better just for sevens then within Britain to come together, pool all the resources and be like a highly competitive team um, rather than spread out over three? Um, I'm not too sure. And what was the emotion like going in? Obviously, you were super excited. Did, uh, you know, did you get emotional seeing anyone? You know, how, was it, how was it being back? <laughs> uh, I didn't really get emotional seeing anyone, to be honest, but I, uh, more just like pure excitement. Um but it's not like it was before in terms of any team environment you've ever been to. So driving up, you had to come up uh, on your own, couldn't share a lift uh, with any other teammates. Uh, and quite often that's like a, a good laugh, as you know, driving up somewhere. Lift um, club is always always one of the best parts, Just, isn't it? Yeah, so um, lift club on your own. It's it's okay, but it's not as good as being in a car full of other people and having a good chat and just catching up. Um, and then those tests when you got there, um, and it was pretty savage. If you passed your test, you're obviously okay to go into your room. Uh, but that's all you could go to was your room. And if you failed the test and you had to go all the way back home and uh, try again in like another two weeks time. So um, there was big implications on that first test on first day. So I think I was a little bit, I think everyone was a little bit paranoid, a little bit worried. Um, similar kind of feeling to when you probably walk through customs in the airport. And you know you haven't got, you know you haven't got any drugs or anything on you, uh, but you still walking past them, just like palms a little bit sweaty for like no reason whatsoever. Similar kind of feeling to that. Um, but luckily, none of the none of the staff, none of the boys uh, had a positive test, so uh, we were all allowed in our rooms and. Um, yeah, just ready. Get got really excited then, ready to train the next day. How does it work? How many days a week are you up in Loughran, and what's the cycle of training work like? So we tra all travel up on Monday, and then we're booked in to have your test at certain times in the car park. Uh, that evening, we'll have a team meeting just to set out what the training is like for to for the Tuesday. 
Tuesdays and Thursdays are probably the heaviest days. Um, so either attack focus in the morning in the rugby session or a defence focus in the afternoon. Then we are allowed, we're split into two groups. So uh, one of you goes in the gym, one of you does skills. So sorry, skills is the other thing you're allowed to be outside your room for. Um, you swap over. Wednesday's a bit more of a uh, detailed day around um skills in particular so like aerial skills kickoffs um all all the players basically haven't played rugby for a year or close to a year um so it's things like just getting loads of reps in terms of passing passing off the floor just getting sidestepping again uh and then wednesday afternoon we have a bit of a fun session so a little bit of skills and then we've played quick quick uh quick cricket twice um which has been quite fun um uh, sounds like it's fun, but it's such an important part of bonding a team is having a good laugh together. So that's why that session is there. And then Thursday is basically a repeat of Tuesday in terms of rugby session, gym session. And then we drive home and uh, day off Friday, bit of training Saturday, day off Sunday, repeat the process. The thing's ramping up now. You're in week three. I hope so. Yeah, no, I think so. Um it's pretty much the same structure where you have pretty heavy days, Tuesday, Thursday. Uh, but I think just more details coming out. A few more of the 15s boys are back down. Uh, so Jimmy Farndale, Paddy Kelly, coming. those are the two extra ones this week. And then we're still waiting on uh, Robbie Ferguson to come down. And then uh, two of the younger boys, Will Moore and Ben Harris. But pretty much everyone here now. Um, actually, I've given a load of kit today for the first time. So we've got Macron as well. Nice. Um, oh, Macron. I don't know about that. I, I don't know. There's, I've always heard mixed reviews about it. But to be fair, it's, be, it's actually half-decent stuff, I reckon. They do the Scottish kit at the moment, don't they? They do the Welsh one as well. But they yeah. just started this year. They've actually got loads... Once you start, once you see the logo once, you actually end up seeing it everywhere. Loads of teams yeah, are. I think they're really stepping it up. And what's mm-hmm. the crack with um, with content and stuff? Because obviously, you're. It seems like you're creating a lot around it, and you're doing the road to Tokyo. And I don't know. Both of us have have been involved in setups where content was. You know, they tried to push it away. Um, yeah. But it seems to be like you're. Do you have a lot more access and ability to? create and, and film yeah so i think because there's obviously the three countries coming together it's not like you're stuck within a union which has normally been the case where you have the dedicated media officers who for whatever reason we've chatted about this loads just seem to really want to stop boys telling the story and showing what goes on so uh, it's been actually a massive part of this gb program coming from the management side uh, obviously a lot of the next players as well and they see obviously the the performance side of the GB program, hoping to to medal at the at the Olympics. Uh, but there's an equally important side of trying to just improve how Sevens is seen and viewed, the popularity, the kind of excitement around it. So they're they're full guns blazing on letting boys get get as as long as you're not like doing stupid stuff or like giving away tactics and things like that. Uh, they're going to be very happy just to let you do whatever you want to do. So for someone like me, it's perfect. Um, I'm sure both of you would appreciate being in that kind of position in a team where you're actually given freedom to tell your story how it is and it doesn't go through a third party. There's still a media company, which they are a few has hired, 
um, and they're filming a load of different things to either be used as uh, short form kind of YouTube series or potentially bigger kind of um, that Amazon Prime series called the other one where they go behind the scenes. All or nothing. All or nothing. That kind of thing they might look at doing as well. Um, but again, when you talk to these media people, they they want all input from you so how you want it to go out what the feel kind of music what kind of messaging is going out so it's a massive step forward i think i've not ever been involved in a team where um it's it's been promoted so heavily and a lot of freedom being given to the players so i think it's a it's a it's a quality way to go forward as a sport do you get access to the footage they film can you use any of that or is that off limits I've- I haven't really chatted them to be to be honest. I think it's it's a fine balance between. Um, I think it's a conversation to have with them because obviously they can film when we're training and you can get some cool stuff from there. But again, part of the beauty of being able to do it yourself is that you just you can film what you can film, and um, I think once you start mixing the content, then. Um, it might mean that they get to use some of your content as well. And I don't know whether it just dilutes it across. Whereas if you keep hold of it within the team to get other players involved, it's very much still our story from a player's point of view. So I don't know, it might be a conversation I have with it. There's um, a different guy in this week doing a lot of the filming. Um, so I don't know, I might have a chat with them. To be honest with you, because we have to be in the room so often, you don't, we haven't really had a chance to chat to the kind of staff outside of the rugby set up too much, to be honest. When you say you have to be in the room so often, is that you just have to be in your room when you're not doing anything? Yeah, so you're allowed out for uh, rugby uh, in the morning and then a skills and gyms in the afternoon. Uh, the first week, that was it. And then the second week, we've been allowed to go down for dinner um, and have that in the that exam Jeez. hall room type thing. So yeah, it's pretty full on. Um, I think potentially in like two or three weeks time it might ease up a little bit more um but they just you have to be so um red hot with all the covid uh protocol um just because of the the we're trading in a hotel it's not like our own bubble Mm -hmm. um so just trying to keep the risk down as much as possible um also because there's only I think there's only like 120 something days to the Olympics now so if you had a positive test minimum of 17 days you'll probably be out um so that's obviously a massive chunk of it so yeah well, be done. yeah geez I didn't even uh didn't even think about that from just like an outside of rugby aspect to the whole training camp thing so that is quite interesting that that's how the setup is and the uk is obviously pumping out vaccines like no tomorrow well compared to ireland anyway they're incredibly slow for whatever reason so players getting them or any sort of idea or that they want to go down that route i think a few a few boys have randomly had them for whatever reason so they've they've asked everyone who has had one um, I think they're potentially considering it in terms of the, we asked this question before, but the G, Team GB or the Olympics hasn't said you, you have to have one. Um, I think at the moment, there's obviously some people having um, not like, not like the worst reactions to a vaccination, pretty standard things. But um, if you're going to feel 
kind of groggy or a little bit under the weather for like three days when we're only in camp for like three, four days at a time. Um, I think they're just weighing up the risks of when it might actually happen. Yeah, definitely. I've heard that if you get the first shot, it's not bad, but I've heard a lot of people say that the second round of the vaccine hits people pretty hard. Um, mm. But it's just an interesting one, right? Because not like it's a personal, it's a personal choice. Like no organization can make you do it. They open themselves up to a whole lot of legalities in that sense. But it's a question that I've been getting from from a lot of people as well. Just when I was moving over, like, oh, are you getting vaccinated? Like, is that going to mean that you can do this or do that and all that kind of stuff? But if you look at it from just a general population, a relatively young, fit male probably doesn't fit the bill in terms of people who need to get an expedited vaccine. So mm. I'd much prefer for people that need it get it and then sort us out later but it's always an interesting topic you guys done any like testing yet fitness fitness testing strength testing no nothing like that there's some jumps that we do at the start of um weight sessions but i think they use that as a bit more of a monitoring kind of aspect there other than genuine testing um purely i just don't think we have time so they want to maximize uh as much opportunity playing kind of seven on seven. So they've been really fun sessions. Um, the first, so you're allowed 75 minutes as a team, but you're allowed basically down half an hour before to warm yourself up. And it is literally just warm yourself up. And then as that clock starts on like zero, 75 minutes starts, then you have to be done and off the pitch within, within that time. So uh, lots of seven on seven, which have got to the point where it's pretty high up on, um, on a kind of toughness fitness scale so that's where they're getting getting us back up to playing fitness i think how's your body feeling how's how's the doc all good i think the first week everyone was in a bit of shock like doesn't matter how much running change the direction or whatever it is you do on your own the first time you go back into kind of playing even if it's touch touch rugby it's just a completely different way of moving your body so uh, I definitely felt better in the second week uh, we had a good week of training at home last week so I'm hoping this week now I feel even even better again yeah, it's one of the benefits of sevens training is that you are running at such a high velocity for such a long time that you're you're getting your fitness in while training mm. it's not something you have to do kind of post unless you were just really off the mark so um when you're warming each other up, are you just what, like deep heating each other, like just rubbing it in? Just deep just blow on each other a little bit. <laughs> so what are the numbers now at the moment in camp? Uh, it's 21 or 22 now. And that goes down to 14, does it? Uh, they were chatting about this. There's obviously 12 will go to Tokyo, definitely. And then they're weighing up whether they go one or two traveling reserves. Uh, and they might not even be, I think if they go 13, they'll be able to get the 13th person into the village. But if they go 14, it might be 13 in the village and one poor lad on his own. And you're only going to be allowed in the village for five days, I think. Really? Because they've announced yeah. to, today or yesterday there's going to be no spectators, so, uh, no. like international spectators, is there? Yeah, so at the moment, I don't know if they're going to change it, but they were literally, you're allowed five days in before your competition and then you leave literally the day of, like the day your competition finishes or the morning after your competition finishes. So I don't wow. think it's going to, it's not going to be the same. Um, 
experiences boys had in Rio uh, four year, uh, five years ago. Um, that's the whole. That's the whole part, isn't it? That's the whole. I know you're there for your Olympic sport, but the the sort of aurora around the village, isn't yeah. it? It's 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 the entire experience. What people, you know, athletes don't go there for the village, but it makes the Olympics so special. I think so. Yeah. So I think it'll be. You never know. It's still a fair way away now. The Olympics. Uh, a lot can probably change. Hopefully, positively in the next like three months or so. But. Um, yeah, like you say, it's not the only reason you do it, but it's part of, I think, what makes it an amazing experience is that kind of village life and uh, meeting all different athletes and just being around or being part of like a bigger team as like Team GB, trying to say like the boxes in the morning, chatting to people who are cyclists. Just it's pretty, pretty cool when I've done uh, multi sports tournaments like that before. That's um, often where a lot of your stories come from by the time you leave. Yeah, that would probably be one of the biggest things for sure is meeting or bumping into or, you know, uh, different athletes from around the world who that you would have seen on TV or, you know, you would have heard about or see like on ESPN from like a highlight reel and doing all sorts of cool things. Next thing you know, like you're in the canteen, probably bumping Mm. shoulders with them. And that's a huge part of it. So, yeah, it would be interesting to see how it all goes and what they can do because five days before isn't isn't a long time either and i'm pretty sure japan at that time of year is super humid and hot so yeah i i'm pretty sure i think um you'll definitely you'll have a holding up. camp won't you yeah you'll be, you'll, in, be in a, you'll be in japan you'll be either in japan. in japan or you might be somewhere that's not too much of a flight away like we went to a place called bella horizon before rio last time round, which was probably an hour and a half flight away from it. And we were there for two weeks before we even went into, into the Olympic um, kind of bubble and set up. The Kenyans were in Copacabana for two weeks, lad. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck trying to get over jet lag in five days, flying from the other side of the world. That'll be horrific. Yeah, I know. Sorry, I kind of, I didn't really think that deeply of it. But with COVID, I was just kind of like, oh, right, just get them in and get them out. Yeah. In terms of the camp, then you were saying it's like three days a week, and is it every week that you're doing it, or are you like week on, week off? Uh, so we did two weeks on. We had one week training at home. I think we've got about three weeks on the bounce this time. Um, there's some between those, right? Say it again, sorry. So you're going home in between yeah, yeah, those but, camps every week. Yeah. Yeah. So just drive up Monday, drive back Thursday evening. Um so you get, yeah, like three or four, well, three and a half days at home, which is quite nice over the weekend. Um, it's not too far a drive, about two and a half, two hours, three quarters. Uh hotels nice here. Um, and then yeah, the two Monday is pretty much just a travel day, tick off all like your testing and any meetings that need to be done. Tuesday's a pretty heavy rugby session in the morning, gym session afternoon. Wednesday you have two kind of slightly lower key days. So working on skills or moves or just something that that isn't full seven on seven. And then Thursday is pretty much a repeat of Tuesday. So pretty full on three days and then we've been training on saturday and sometimes on sunday when we've come back as well so that's probably the only slight um change to what a normal kind of week of training would be for most teams um and it's taking a little bit of getting used to 
Yeah, just bloody full on. And you were doing two weeks on, one week off, wasn't it? A week at home. Yeah, but I think we're going to go at least three weeks. And then I think there might be, op- it's a bit open then because they were hoping to go to some tournaments in Europe. But obviously France has just started announcing they've got another lockdown. Um, so I'm not sure if things are going to start getting moved around uh, in terms of the schedule. So unless you're just taking it a week at a time and uh, yeah, just seeing seeing how uh, how it goes. How's the off-field bonding going? Obviously, struggling to you got limited contact time. Any anyone you've bezied up with yet, or what? Um, to be fair, this so today we were able to do kind of skills, just have a chat and skills for about uh, that counted as like an hour as a team today, um, just on the pitch. Uh, that was probably one of the best team bonding things we've done so far. Everything else has been on Zoom. Um, obviously have uh, Morgan Williams up here, uh, the only other Welshie in the team. So we've been training together for the last two months uh, for this. Obviously, spent a bit of time with him. Um, but I've been chatting a fair bit to people like Max McFarland, very interesting character, speaks full-blown Russian in a perfect Russian accent, looks a bit Russian as well. So uh, he's got all sorts of cool, weird stories from his time there and then how he's moved around. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's still get you can still feel like a nice team environment, and as hopefully things get loosened up, uh, kind of one week at a time, uh, more of that will happen. Fair enough. Max McFarland is an, yeah an interesting character. He was over there for a semester, I think, as well, part of his university degree. Yeah, he had a he had a great story. So he did. Um, we we were trying to do daily roundups just for the boys that weren't in camp. So he just did one in Russian, full blown Russian, for about a minute, just chatting. And then uh, I was ask I was asking him, would Russian people? Obviously, to us, it just seems like oh yeah, I I believe you're Russian. But I was like, oh, do you speak in a Russian accent as well, or do you speak? Would Russians be like, oh, you're not Russian? And he was like, oh no, they. When I was over there, they said I I had a pretty strong Russian accent when I spoke it. But what he said was when he went for this semester to go and work there and he just told himself, he's like, right, I'm just going to try speaking as much Russian as possible. Um, so he just didn't really speak any English and uh, he just noticed the, the kind of office he was working in. People were getting more and more annoyed with him. And like, especially by Friday, he was like, oh, geez, these people are actually being like kind of mean to me every Friday. And then maybe like two or three weeks into it, just the main boss came over and had a chat with him. Uh, just to be like, oh, you're, like, you're struggling a little bit. And he's like, oh, I know some of the co-workers have been saying like, oh, you're, like, you're struggling a bit. Oh, you're a bit dumb, a bit slow. And then he was like, oh, yeah, I was just using it as a chance just to practice as much Russian as possible. And he said the guy just could not believe it. He was in fits laughing because all of them in the office had basically thought he was something was wrong with him. He was a bit slow because they were asking him to do stuff. And like he kind of half get it right and then kind of not half get it right. And then uh, he just basically went around the whole office and all of them were just like laughing their heads off and like, geez, we genuinely thought you were just Russian, just really, really slow. <laughs> so, that is brilliant. Yeah, so he said they were all real nice to him after that when they realised that he is obviously second language, but it must have been a strong enough accent that they, they generally all thought he was Russian. That is absolutely brilliant, but fair play to him for be, being able to be at a level where he was put into a working environment 
Yeah. Only speak Russian and not like even fall out of the Russian into into English when he needed like some help and he yeah. just got on with it. Yeah. So much so that they thought he was just thought he was slow, slow. then like yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, that's brilliant. Fair play to him. And is there anything about this camp that's you know that you you know it's it's different to previous camps you've been in? Is there anything you're missing? Anything that you're struggling with with this whole COVID situation? Um, I think what I quite like in terms of just being able to have a bit more social time with the boys, like in the evening. So like there's a huge courtyard out here and like you could fairly easily sit like two metres away, no problem. And it would just be nice just to be able to sit and chat face to face with lads, not having to do it over Zoom. Uh, that'd be the only thing, to be honest. So you literally, everything's over Zoom. <laughs> when you're not in rugby and eating yeah so we had last week we just had the evening meal i think we might be having breakfast in this kind of team room thing as well um but apart from that yeah just on your own or you're either gymming or playing rugby and does charlie hater manage it does he walk on the corridors like the ss gestapo just like kicking boys back in their room they were to be fair because they're all um what are they called? COVID, uh, not COVID counsellors, but or COVID officers. So they've all COVID nonces. <laughs> COVID nonces. <laughs> so, uh, I think everyone in the team at one point or another has been shouted at, not shouted at, but asked to go back in their room. Um, but they've very much put it now onto the boys and um, just to like manage it yourself. Just they don't want it. They're already busy as it is so they don't want to be having to tell you like every five minutes get back in your room do this do that so everyone's playing ball at the moment which is really good should all get hazmat suits at some stage and just bring them in for the crack and then just roam around the hotel <laughs> so that you can all be in each other's company yeah they couldn't say anything then could they nah they they'd find a way to say you're not allowed to do that yeah you'd have you'd need a different hazmat every three hazmat suit every three hours no oh, yeah or maybe you know you should get um tin cups and a bit of string and you can talk to each other down the down the hallway well even you thought you'd be able to just have your door open and just chat to the person opposite there no, no can't do that either any jerry two eyes running around no haven't seen any jerry two eyes yet i reckon that's completely against covid protocol that <laughs> what's the food like there as well decent to be fair um, you get your breakfast. You can pretty much pick what you want from like different either like eggs, toast, bagel. There are things like fresh fruit, salmon, nuts, whatever you want. And then you get you basically order at the previous meal what you want. So breakfast, you'd order lunch, lunch, you order evening meal. Uh, there's only three options. There's like a meat one, a fish one, and then a vegetarian or vegan one. Uh, and you can just pick whatever you want and. Yeah, decent enough sizes. Like we've all brought plenty of like other snacks and protein shakes and coffee and stuff like that to supplement it, but pretty good. And you eat that in your room? Or is it So we'll have we have been literally getting breakfast delivered to the door and then you just have to sit in your room and eat it. Uh but I think it's only gonna be lunch from now on. It's a mental world, isn't it? Like Yeah. But also the like the amount that people are, will go through to you know do what they love too right to be able to go and play and train it's, it's all just like it'll all be forgotten about in the past so quickly because it's only but, a small part of it isn't it that's the thing it's not really i don't i 
even though it'd be nice with just having it more normal, it's still not like that bad. Like the alternative is not doing it at all. So um, it's pretty easy when you look at it that way. Yeah. The sacrifices we make, eh? The oh, like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> Let's wrap it up, Shui. Pleasure. Yeah. Good, good chat there. I enjoyed. Shamai. A shamai. Shamai. <laughs> shamai. What's that? When you can't see straight, you got a shamai. Like. Yeah. <laughs> All right, legends. Thank you. Just wanted to know before you go, have you got any shout outs for the pod this week? A few messages actually on uh, social media. So don't be afraid to send us across a message. We've got one from uh, at our, the carpenter. Uh, he says he's very fond of the pod. Uh, really likes all the artwork that's been made on the different socials. Um, and he listens every week intently and thinks it's it's uh, the best podcast around. So Carpenter, he sounds like a very handy bloke. He does very good, very good. So yeah, shout out to R the Carpenter. Sounds like a great guy. Thank you, thank you, R, Mister R the Carpenter. One day you can even come on the pod if you're lucky enough. <laughs> We've been the Alcadoos. We'll find you on social media. Don't worry about finding us. Good night. Shall I? Oh, penguin. <laughs> <laughs>